Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. I want to talk about being a complete Christian. There is a lovely passage in 2 Peter chapter 1 where he lists a set of virtues that we are supposed to add to our faith. And it's a bit like the rungs of a ladder climbing up to a beautiful place of fruitfulness and abundance and entry into heaven. But we can fall into a trap of thinking that the ladder is our way to heaven or thinking that we can just rest in our faith and grace and not do any climbing on the ladder. And so today I want to start talking about how do we become a complete Christian? How do we climb the rungs of the ladder, but keeping the balance correct, where we're resting, standing in grace. Romans 5 verse 2 says, it says that through Jesus, by faith, we have access into this grace by which where we stand. And so I want to stand in grace. I don't want to become a Christian that thinks I have to earn my salvation or thinks that my salvation is at risk all the time or I'm always worried and working to earn God's favor. I don't want to fall into that trap or that ditch on the side of the road. But also, I don't want to be a person who takes the grace of God in vain, the Bible says, where I think I'm standing in grace, but actually I haven't climbed any rungs. And so I'm deluding myself. I'm not actually resting in grace. And we're going to start this today. So 2 Peter chapter 1, starting from verse 5, Peter writes, But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. I could stop right there and speak for quite a while. And I probably will go back to these words a little bit later. But just to highlight and start us off by saying, for this very reason, he's talking about something that he has just said. And that is the basis, the foundation that we have to know about. And then he says, giving all diligence. So there's the foundation of grace, but then there's the diligence on our part. The two legs of the gospel. The, the things that make us healthy Christians. I've used an illustration before, which I love, and it's of an electricity circuit where there is a positive current coming out of the wall socket and it goes into the device, the radio, the hand mixer, whatever it is. And then there's a negative current coming out of the device going back into the wall socket. And when that current is flowing, then the device works as it was intended. And the source of that electricity in the wall is the electricity supply for the whole nation, the power of, of all of the electricity that we need. And it's a bit like us and God. When we plug in and we receive His power, but then we give back to Him with all diligence, then we're working as Christians. But when you only have either positive or only negative, just one leg of, of the whole machine, then the machine doesn't work. And that is the picture we're trying to get. So he says, For this very reason, grace, giving all diligence, that's our part, add to your faith virtue. He says that we've already got faith. Faith is the thing that we don't add ourselves. We don't have diligence to have faith. We already have faith. That's part of the, for this very reason. That's part of what we already have. Faith is the foundation. Then he says, add to that virtue. First rung of the ladder. To virtue, knowledge. 
to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance. Can you see yourself climbing these rungs? To perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. So those are the rungs of the ladder. There are seven. And then he says, for if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we have these seven things, these rungs of the ladder, and they are abounding. In other words, it's not enough just to say, I've reached that rung. Am I growing in that thing? in brotherly kindness, in love, in self-control, in all these different things. If I have them and I abound or I'm growing in them, then I won't be unfruitful or barren. There will be fruit and life and new life coming out of me and others will be benefiting and God's kingdom will be growing in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I already know him, but the fruit comes out of me. And then he goes on to say, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. And I love this balance here because he says, if you don't have one of these seven rungs of the ladder, if you're a person who has just received grace and now you're sitting back on your comfortable lilo chair and you're saying, thank you, Lord, for saving me, but nothing comes out of it. There is no brotherly kindness. There is no knowledge. There is no virtue. There is no self-control. There's none of these things. If I'm just sitting there, he says, you're maybe short-sighted. In other words, you haven't really seen all the beauty, the vista, the, the amazing things that God has set before you and, and has planned for you. Or perhaps you're blind, <laughs> which means you might think you're saved, but actually you haven't seen the light at all. You've convinced yourself that you're resting in grace, but there's no life there. And then he goes on to say, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. These things don't cleanse us from our sins. They only come after we were cleansed from our sins. After we've received this grace, after we've had a knowledge of God, we've had faith, we've been cleansed from our sins, then the fruit starts to grow. Let me use two illustrations. The first is roots and fruits. If you have a tree that has no roots, it has no fruits. But sometimes we take a tree. You say, when do we do that? Well, Christmas is a time when we do this. We cut down a tree, we take it off from its roots, we put it in a, in a pot and we put it in our living room and it doesn't grow anymore. And if you've been like me, sometimes we've got our Christmas tree too early in December. And by the 25th of December, the tree is no longer looking green. But because we want fruits, we hang artificial baubles and tinsel and things on the tree to make it look pretty. And that is an example of us not having roots, but trying to create the fruits. And that is one of the dangers that we can fall into as Christians. We see the fruits that God wants us to have as believers. All of these seven rungs of the ladder. We see self-control. We see brotherly kindness. 
We see all these things that the Bible says should be the fruits popping out of me as a Christian. And instead of putting down the roots deep into God's love and His grace and being rooted and founded in Him and resting in Him and drawing from His love and acceptance, instead of that, I put artificial fruits and I work it up myself. And it's a bit like the five foolish virgins who didn't have oil in their lamps. The the parable that Jesus told said there were five wise virgins who had oil in their lamps. And when the bridegroom arrived, when Jesus came back at the end of time, they were ready and they went with him. But the five foolish virgins did not have oil in their lamps. They were going through the motions out of their own strength, their own pretense, their own hard work and trying to pretend to be Christians. And it says that they didn't get into heaven. And so roots and fruits is one example I want to give you. We should put our roots down deep and then the fruits will grow. Somebody has said, you've never heard a fruit tree groaning with effort. You've never heard a fruit tree saying, oh, I'm going to try and produce a fruit today because fruits grow when the roots are deep the fruits automatically grow. And it's the same with us as Christians. If we put our roots deep, then these seven rungs of the ladder will start to manifest themselves in our lives. Amazing. The second illustration I want to give is of citizenship in a country. Now, I have four driver's licenses and I have lived in three continents and many different countries. And every time I move, I am trying to assimilate into the culture of that country because I want to affect that country. I want to be a citizen. I want to be part of the community. And the place where I am right now is home and I am part of this community. But when I arrive, I have two options. I can either try to pretend to be like one of the people of that country and hope that by pretending and pretending and pretending, eventually I am just accepted as one of the people and have the right to live there. That's the first option. I can do it by my own strength. Or the second option is I can get legal right to settle there. I can go through whatever the process is, fill out the forms, uh, ask permission. In this country, I had to say an oath of allegiance in court And I can say, yes, I am legally applying to be a citizen of this country. And now I am. And I have a passport and I have papers and I can say I am a citizen. Now, in Christianity, we can either try to act like a citizen of heaven and hope one day just by hard work and by acting well enough, we are called citizens of heaven. Or we can go to God and say, God, I cannot get into heaven on my own. The rungs of the ladder to get into heaven are not just seven. They are 700 million, billion, trillion, quadrillion. They are so many that I could never get there. God, please give me the papers. Give me the citizenship of heaven. And then once I am a citizen, out of a place of security and rest and peace, knowing that that can't be taken away from me, I then start to act like a local. And I speak the same way and I support the same sports teams, and I love the same things. And I want to challenge you, my dear friend. Where are you in your relationship to your citizenship of heaven? Are you trying to pretend 
to be a, a citizen of heaven? Or have you received, have you rested in this legal citizenship that God gives you because of Jesus dying on the cross for you? And when you have that, it's a, it's a place of security and strength and rest. It's roots going deep and the fruits start to come out naturally. I hope that helps you. So he says, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He adds one other element here. He says, you have been forgiven of your sins. You already have faith. Uh, you have citizenship in heaven. But he says, if you don't act like a citizen of heaven after you've received these things, then there is a chance that you will stumble. He says, even though your calling and election is real, God has called you. You've heard his voice calling you saying, come to me, my child, drawing you in. And your election, you say, yes, God has chosen me. Even though you have a calling and election, and even though you are forgiven and you have faith, he says, if you don't have these things, these seven rungs of the ladder in increasing measure, you may stumble and you may not get entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. Now, again, I want to please stress there is a very important balance here. We can go too far into thinking that I can lose my citizenship of heaven at the drop of a hat. Let me ask you this question. If you speeding, if you are speeding in your car on the road in the country where you live, do you lose your citizenship of that country? No. If you murder someone, do you lose your citizenship of that country? Probably not. If you commit treason, you may. There are certain things, but they're very, very difficult. It's very difficult to lose your citizenship. If you are a spy for another nation and, and you really go against your country, it is possible for you to lose your citizenship. And the same with your citizenship of heaven. The Bible goes to great lengths to show how secure we are in our citizenship of heaven. We are held in the hand of God, the almighty God. He says, I will never let anything take you out of my hand. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He says, even if you are faithless, I will remain faithful. He says, even if you do nothing in 1 Corinthians 3, he says, even if you've just got the foundation of Jesus and you build nothing on it of good works in your life, you will still get to heaven. 1 Corinthians 3, he says, you'll get there, but as if through the flames, you'll just get there with nothing productive that you've done in your life. So the security we have as Christians is immense. We can rest in his love. It's him who saved us. He is the one who holds us. It's faith that got us saved, just receiving this gift. It wasn't our good works. And so it's not going to be our bad works that cause us to stumble. But he does say that if we have none of these works, and in other parts of the Bible, Hebrews chapter 6, it speaks of the ability to fall away or to, to divorce God. It speaks of in Timothy, if we, if we reject him, if we divorce him, there is a possibility of falling away. 
but it is extremely difficult to get there, my friend. You don't have to wake up every morning and say, am I still a citizen of heaven? Am I, am I still loved by God? He loves you. He holds you. It wasn't your goodness that got you saved. But he says there is a clear warning here that if there is no fruit, and I'm just going to explain to you what may happen here. If there is no fruit in our lives, if we receive the grace of God and we say, thank you, Lord, for saving me, but we never do anything with it. It's a bit like a muscle that can atrophy or an, an organ like an eye or an ear that if it's not used, it becomes ineffective and dull and blind or hard of hearing. And it is possible if we do nothing with our faith that eventually we become what the Bible calls hard hearted and we can't repent anymore. Hebrews chapter six says that the sign, the the identifying characteristic of a person who has turned away from God is that they have a hard heart. They can't repent anymore. Let me just read you that verse because it's very important that we understand this. Hebrews 6 says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance. Underline repentance five times in your Bible. The, the sign, the thing that you can't do if you've fallen away is repent. You can't repent if you've fallen away because your heart is hard. You have no desire to turn back to God. So, if you're ever worried, even for an instant, that maybe you've lost your citizenship, that you've fallen away, just say to yourself, can I turn back to God? Can I repent? And if you can, you have not fallen away. But he says at the end of this passage that uh, if we do these things, you will never stumble and an entrance will be supplied. So what am I saying here today? You know, the great reformer Martin Luther lived in the 1500s. He was a monk. Uh, uh, a Catholic priest. There was only one denomination, the Catholic Church, and the church had got into a terrible muddle where they were selling forgiveness. If you paid a certain amount of money, you could reduce the number of years that you would be kept out of heaven, and you could even buy uh, salvation and forgiveness for your loved ones and for your dead loved ones. Um, they had all these rituals that if you climbed up a certain number of steps in Rome, then you would get to heaven if you did certain things. And it had lost touch with this grace, this salvation, this free gift that Jesus offers. They completely lost touch with it. And Martin Luther came along and he read the Bible because it was now available. They just found the original Greek manuscripts and the printing press had just been invented and he read the Bible in the original manuscripts for the first time and he was struck by how it's salvation by grace. It's a gift by God. And he stood up to the powers that be and he said, no, it's, it's salvation by grace alone, through faith alone. It's not by works. It's not by rituals. It's not by religiousness. It's not by being good. It's not by climbing the rungs of a ladder that we get saved. And he was persecuted by the established church and he feared for his death at the Council of Worms. He thought that he would be killed. He walked into there and the people were, were saying to the flames, to the flames as he walked in. 
because they, he really believed he was going to be burned to death for saying salvation is a free gift by grace through faith. And he said it's grace alone, it's faith alone, but then he and his followers added a little phrase, but faith never remains alone. Let me say that again. He said we're saved by grace alone. Yes, we're saved through faith alone. That's just us seeing this gift and saying, yes, please, it's alone. We can't do works to make ourselves get saved. But then he said, but faith never remains alone. James says, faith without works is dead. If I think that I have faith, but none of these rungs of the ladder are being displayed in my life. There's no self-control. There's no godliness. There's no brotherly kindness or love or godliness. There's none of these good works coming out of me. If I think I have faith, but none of these things are evident, then I am blind. I'm hard-hearted. I've either not been saved ever, or I'm falling away and hardening my heart, and I'm at danger. And so today is a wake-up call. Let's become complete Christians who have access. Entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We will be fruitful. We will not be barren if we have all these things in abundance in our lives. Now, I said at the beginning, I would go back to this phrase. At the very start in verse 5, he says, but also for this very reason, add to your faith, virtue, etc., what is the reason? The reason is the two verses before this. The reason we can do all these things. The, the foundation that we're standing on in order to climb the rungs of the ladder is grace. And he says, His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. He says his divine power, not my power or goodness or, or deservedness, his power has given in the past tense. Jesus died on the cross and provided everything that I need for life, not just this life, but life eternal and godliness, loving God, being like God, being one with God. I have everything I need through my knowledge of him who called us, by glory and virtue. His glory and virtue is who he is, his essence. He is full of glory. He's full of goodness or virtue. And he called me. He drew me to himself. He called me in and I got to know him. I saw it and I said, yes, Lord. He goes on in verse four to say, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. When you've seen Jesus dying on the cross for you, when you see his eyes of love looking at you, he's taking that punishment and he's saying, I love you. I'm doing this for you. I'm paying for all of your sins. It's a free gift. I've paid the price. You can be free. You can be forgiven. You can have access to God again. When you've seen that, you receive it by faith. That's what faith is. Faith is just seeing something in the spiritual realm, not with our physical eyes, but in the spiritual realm and seeing God loves me. He's paid for my sins according to what the Bible says. I believe it. When you see that, he says you become a partaker of the divine nature. 
You've escaped the corruption of the world that is through lust. Something changes on the inside of you. You're made into a brand new creation. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, a brand new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, you've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4.24 says, this new creation is created like God in true holiness and righteousness. You've been made brand new. John 3 says, you've been born again. When you see it, that's faith and you receive it. And then the very first rung, he says, add to your faith virtue. And in the next talk, I'm going to talk a little bit about what that virtue is and how we display it, how we start to add to our faith. But for this talk, I just want to stress, we start with faith. The foundation, the basis is faith, grace and faith, nothing else. Nothing we do can get us to this place of foundation. It's a citizenship certificate. God says, I paid the price. Will you today please examine yourself with me and say, have I gone too far into the one ditch that thinks I have to earn God's favor, either for getting into heaven or just every single day? Sometimes we think I have to earn God's favor and make him happy because he's an angry God and I've got to try and get in his good books. That's one ditch. Or maybe you've gone into the other ditch, which says, I don't have to do anything. It's all God. I don't have to change. I don't have to be good. I don't have to do anything. Lord Jesus, please would you help me today? Look at my heart, Lord, and show me, am I at one extreme or the other? And Lord, today, I pray that you would forgive me again. Jesus, I see you on the cross. I see you dying for me. I see your blood flowing copiously so that I could be washed clean and forgiven. And I say, thank you, Lord, for forgiving me, for dying for my sins. And I don't minimize it or take it lightly. I say your payment for my sins was enough. And I say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I receive it. Wash me and make me new. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.